Welcome to your weekly episode of Reset 42. The next minutes of this episode are like precious jewels we're sharing with you as we let you sit in on interviews with incredible guests who've been forced or chosen to reset the meaning of life. It all begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let me ask you how you felt when you received your Christmas present on your 8th birthday. How about the time you were given a promotion? You remember the one? After you got that big sale when you were 24? It's interesting that while we can circle back to these times in our lives and think with generally a good feeling, our recollection of each gift or promotion that came into our life isn't felt with a deep passion on every occasion. Now, how would you feel if I asked you about how you felt when you had a career opportunity taken away by a colleague? When you came home from dinner to find your house burgled? And what was the feeling like when your doctor told you your health has been taken away by a tumour? Probably more than any of the six life triggers we're looking at in Reset 42, stolen is a word that represents many moments in our life that are out of control and they cut deep. They catch us by surprise, they wound, and they don't seem to give back. So how do we reset from a life that is stolen? Now here's your host, a man who tells stories about a hippopotamus who danced across the Sahara in a tutu. Here's Andrew Pitchford. When we finished last week's episode of Reset 42, I said that we would be talking about stolen or stolen dreams as one of the six life triggers. And I mentioned how this is one that really gets me in my soul. And there's a lot this week that we're going to talk about that's more personal. In this week's episode, we're looking at the life trigger of stolen. Most often, it can be applied to stolen dreams, but as we're going to find out, there are many variations of what a stolen life can look like. So far, we've explored an introduction to Reset 42. We've looked at shifted. What happens in life when our priorities shift and we have to realign? We've gone slightly off course and we need to bring things back to their true north. We then went on to consider shelved. The moment in life when we realise we've shelved plans, dreams and ideas and we forgot to come back to them. We didn't take the time to re-evaluate if the time is right to reignite the dream. And last week we walked through the situations we face when we're stumped. Now plain and simple, we don't know the answer to how we should get past an obstacle. Now those are some of the first episodes of Reset 42 and I'd encourage you if you haven't already to go back and start from episode 1 and follow us through. Reset 42 is a podcast that's exploring some of the reasons in life that we should take the opportunity to reset and shows that it gives us an opportunity to get our bearings right so that our direction is good. It can sometimes re-energize us. It can also give us the space and opportunity and clarity that we need to pursue a dream. So I encourage you to stay with us on this journey. I'm hoping to write a book on Reset 42 and I believe this podcast and the interviews that we're going to be experiencing in the coming weeks are going to be part of the, the ideas and all of the information that we're going to be able to gather as I'm learning about how we can reset life. We now have three more life triggers to learn about before we're introduced to those interviews with the guests who have or are living through a reset life. In the following two weeks, we will look at stalled momentum for when we've run ourselves out of energy and vision. And then we're going to take a look at 
the most personal of all life triggers, stupid is as stupid does. That's the time when we have to look ourselves in the mirror and consider how we respond when we can recognise that it's actually our own stupidity in life or the decision-making process that has caused this moment where we really do need to bring everything back to square one and start again. But today, we're back to look at that painful moment, stolen. Now, one thing to realise when we're looking at these different types of situations in our life when something is taken from us, that it can be real or it can be perceived. It can be something actually taken away from us, or it may be that our mindset, our view of life, perceives something was taken, and it may be not. But we're going to have a look at both situations and be able to still have to deal with the process of how do we move on. Now, when we look at some of the real-life issues, some examples are our health, our work, our career, or our education. When we're talking about a non-personal situation where something is stolen from us, Normally we talk about life taking it, and it could be that we're talking about events and not the result of a person, individual, or group of people. Now, our health or the health of a loved one can definitely fall into this category. Another example is natural disasters such as fire, earthquakes, or floods that can ravage a person's life. And finally, things seemingly disconnect from one clear event or person such as a major downturn in the economy. It can cause financial plight to a person, a whole family, or even a company. Another area that we probably are most familiar with is when an individual takes something from us. Now, we think about the burglar, the guy in the black mask, and he looks like the hamburglar from McDonald's. But sadly, it's a lot more sinister and a lot more personal than that. And sometimes it's very close to us. We've had family members take something, whether it is something tangible of value or taking an opportunity from us. The same can apply to work colleagues, friends, or members of a community group that we're involved in, whether it be the likes of a church or a sporting group. Now then you start to get a collective situation where an organisation has taken from you. And you may be talking about a small group of people that somehow kicked you out of a position on a local board, or maybe you lost your job through the decisions of some other people. Or maybe it's that you're involved in things like a political group, uh, an organisation or a council, and that organisation collectively you feel is responsible for taking something from you. As you may remember when I started this podcast, it was because I can see that there is tremendous life value in knowing how to handle each of these life triggers before they arrive. Now like a first aid kit or a defibrillator on the wall of the gymnasium, it's actually there for when you need it, and hopefully that's not too often, but it's there all the time. And it's also important that someone nearby knows how to use the equipment, so there's some preparation, some training, so that we actually know what to do when the time comes. I hope you can see that there's value in this podcast, and if one little gem of information becomes tucked away to later become the bandage, or the heart starter that someone's life needs, when a life trigger does occur, well, maybe we'll see more people walk through these events with courage, some wisdom, and hopefully a few less scars. Let's learn together and come back shortly to have a look at what happens when something's stolen from us. I hope you're getting some inspiration and ideas you can use. So much goodness and better than a quad shot latte, four sugars and a dash of caramel. We'd love to have you subscribe to Reset 42. And please, will you leave a heartfelt review on your favourite podcast platform? 
coming back, we talked about how Reset 42 hopes to be the preparation you need for when life triggers come our way. And I hope that you are sharing episodes of the podcast. If you don't know how to do that, there's two ways that I can think of. Firstly, many of you are probably listening to Reset 42 on a podcast app, whether that's on your iPhone or Android phone. And you'll probably find that there's an opportunity to actually share the podcast to your social media. You normally find that there's a little button that looks like a greater than symbol with a couple of circles on it. And if you click on that, you'll find there's opportunities to be able to share to Facebook, Twitter, by email, all sorts of ways. And we hope that you'll pass the word around. So what does stolen actually mean? It could be the taking away of a possession, or maybe it's an opportunity, or maybe it's our potential. Sometimes it's the foundation of life, like our health, our education, or maybe it's a position, or one thing that is very personal to many people, the removal of our home. Whichever way we look at it, the greatest ache or hurt that happens when something's stolen is it's caused, often not by what was taken, but the position that it leaves us in. When you think about it, sometimes you can mentally tell yourself today that if I lost my home, I'd be okay. If I lost my job, I'll be fine, I'll get another one. But when it happens, it's actually often not the loss of the thing that causes the most pain, it's the feeling that we have. We feel disempowered and out of control. Now, I recently heard someone say that the greatest cause of stress in the real world is the real or apparent sense of being out of control. This lack of foundation to our life under our proverbial feet being rocked can cause anxiety, it can cause stress, and depending on the situation, deep trauma that can last a great deal of time. When something has been stolen, it's as the old saying goes, like the rug's being pulled out from under your feet. So we can not only feel like something we depend on has gone, but also have that feeling that somehow our value has actually been diminished. This could be because we had our life rightly or wrongly invested in what was being taken, or was taken, or we feel that others see us as having less value without the thing that was taken. So out of a job, do we feel that we're worth less? Without a home, are we not, or don't we have a certain position within society? And maybe in a serious health condition, do we feel that we don't measure up? Those are very real things that people have to deal with, and What are some key ways that we can respond in life to these situations where something is stolen? Is the clear label that we are feeling at loss and out of control, is that something we can all relate to? In this one episode of the six life triggers that may require a Reset 42 moment, stolen is probably the one that has the most potential to affect us with a bent that can destroy our life and the lives of others. I think this is the warning part of the episode. It's also the one trigger that has the most opportunity to teach us and help us grow. Now let's review some anchors that I think can help if our mind and heart can bring ourselves back around to be in focus at the right time. Number one, despite the trauma of loss, there is a place for recovery. Now like all of the life triggers that we're looking at, there will be a scale of situation, different impacts for different people, each situation personal. That said, I think all of us would accept that some form of grief at the loss of a loved one is very high on the scale of loss and stolen situations. As we talk about all forms of things personal or inanimate to us being stolen, we're not trying to close off reality, don't get me wrong. We don't want to or should gloss over any pain. In fact, dealing with the process of grief and 
and not living within a kind of a salve of any form of compensation. Now, whether it's self-medicating, overindulgence in some distracting activity, or just running like Forrest Gump in the opposite direction. Do you remember in the movie where he suddenly decided to run and ran from one side of um, America to the other? I think he might have run back. And then suddenly in the middle of, I think, Arizona, he stops with a beard and says, I've had enough of that. He probably woke up to himself. But those are examples. Self-medicating, overindulgence in some distracting activity, running away from the situation, they don't allow us to grow through it. Somehow in our pain, when something is stolen, we need to keep a soft reminder around us that speaks to hope. You can imagine it like a window. Get that picture in your mind. At first, we may open the curtains just a little. Next, we might open them more till they're fully open. And later, we can actually open the window itself and start to let some fresh air in. But we've got to keep this idea in mind. We should allow ourselves a window on any stolen situation with a handle that's in our hands that you can open that window when you're ready and it's appropriate to your situation. Number two, we were never defined by what we had and we don't have to be defined by what we've lost. One of the hardest lessons in life is to not build our life around possessions, positions or power. All of them can be taken away And so they were probably never truly ours in the first place. You may recognize that as the lines to a famous saying. I'll let you look it up. Now, one of the people that I've come across recently is a man who has bought a very large property on the Sunshine Coast of Australia. And what's incredible, I've had the opportunity to visit with him and see what he's going to be doing to this property. And it's really incredible the vision he has for it. But he uses a very interesting word when he talks about what he's doing. He's bought the property. It's his property. He paid for it. He holds the title deeds. But he calls himself a steward. Now, the idea he has is that he's responsible for doing the best he can to make this property an incredible place while it's in his hands, with an expectation that at some point in life, either he will sell it or it will move on to somebody else's hands and they should take the same opportunity. I really like his attitude. Now, one of the things I think that we can take with that is having a heart of gratefulness. It's a great approach to life and one that so often when we're considering gathering possessions, we get the next buzz, the next hit from just simply collecting the next thing. But when you have a heart of gratefulness, you change your whole mindset to being grateful for what you have and daily recognizing the little wins that you have, whether they be health-related, relationship-related, just seeing things differently. So consider our approach to health. If we understand how incredible, and yet at the same time how fragile the human body and condition can be, having a grateful heart for it makes us appreciate what we have and every aspect of it, whether it's our senses, our limbs, our ability to walk, ability to talk or hear. And believe me, my hearing's been playing up lately, so that's one that I'm currently grateful for is holding in there. Moving on, let's have a look at number three. Our response to loss, whether intentional, incidental, or just surprisingly, will be one of the greatest skills that we can ever cultivate in life. I really want to emphasize this one. What we need to be at first and foremost is real with ourselves, those around us, and be able to accept what we will adjust, the things we can change, the things we can adapt, but realize we will go through those tough times of loss and pain. 
So there's some heart and light preparation that we've got to do for it. In a few weeks, we're going to start talking with people in our interview part of the Reset 42 podcast. We're going to look at people who have been through real situations where something was stolen. For one man, it was his wife. And as a man of faith, he freely admits he was confused, angry, and very tender that God would take his love away from him. For another person, it was responding to a loss of good health that not only affected life and family, but also affected his ability to hold a career role that was very close to his heart. And then we're going to also talk with a young woman who has suffered through miscarriage when wanting to raise a family. These are deep-seated losses, and we're going to talk about exactly how they have worked through the process. Each of these people have felt real pain. Now, to be strong without being real is to be cold without empathy, understanding, or worse, learning. The man who lost his wife is going to tell us in the interview about the time he walked along the beach with a friend, kicking the sand, shouting at God, and breathing by doing this. I know that in their humanness, as in mine, there will be fluctuating moments of clarity, but we should be kind to ourselves that this is allowed. One of the keys from two episodes that I remember in my own journey has been a commitment to no bitterness. Now, my situations involved people in my life, and they could easily have been seen as betrayal. Now, what I'm really grateful for is that they weren't stolen situations where I knew there was some form of intentional act. Now, that allowed me to see things more objectively. However, you may remember the kid's story about getting grumpy, throwing a tantrum, and I'm going down the garden to eat worms. Life does offer us too many opportunities to take pity parties. I get that we need a break. But truly indulging in a poor me grump for any period of time allows us to hunt for reasons to substantiate our pain by pointing at others or other things, not dealing with it. The only successful combat for this is focus on gratefulness. It should never be falsely considered as easy, believe me, but it is right. Our eyes, after they have been proverbially pummeled by life like a boxing match, they're often closed, bruised, and not easy to see out of when you're in the thick of it. So how do we develop a heart or a mindset of gratefulness in these stolen situations? Now, like a defibrillator on the gym wall, you need it there before you need it. Starting now to look at life with a sense of a thankful and grateful heart, that's going to start a deposit. Keep topping it up so that you can return to it when needed. At one point in my own journey, I was in deep pain. I've got to tell you, it hurt, and I just didn't see how to resolve it. I knew I didn't want to be bitter. It just wasn't who I am, but I couldn't see any way forward. Now, at this time, I read one of the most impacting life stories in the Bible. When I'm talking to you about your situation, or maybe a family member's journey, or I'm telling you my tale, often we're talking about one life event at a time. You know, we feel that we can get through that one, and hopefully we don't get another one for a period of time. But we do know of people that seem to always be going through it. I get that. But one of the best examples that I have seen is when you look at the many trials of Job. And his story has to take first place in a race no one wants to win. So whether you grab a Bible off a shelf or use one of the free online apps or reading versions, I'd encourage you to read Job. It's one book in one sitting. It's an easy read. 
but it's not an easy story. What you'll see is is the life of a man who had so much taken away, but his view on life was through his God, and he continued to be grateful. He is the example. Even when his life says, curse God and die, he continues to walk forward. Now, don't think it's all clear blue skies, red roses, because as we later see, Job has a one-on-one with God, where he truly gets it all out. It's one of the best reads of an honest relationship and pain between a person and God, and one we can all relate to in some way. Now, I'm excited for you to hear the interviews with our guests in a few weeks. But right now, let's ask what we can do to prepare ourselves to deal with those stolen moments. Can I ask you, have you shared an episode of Reset 42 yet? Maybe this is the one you should. I encourage you to do it in your podcast app or by sharing to Facebook, Twitter or by email. Or remember that you can do it using the online player at reset42.com. That's reset4number2.com. When you walked into this episode, you may not have realized you had let life stall. Now, let's keep moving. Tick all those keyboard keys and come on over to us at www.andrewpitchford.com forward slash reset42. Now let's have a look at three steps that can help us as we deal with those situations in life where we have something stolen. Firstly, can I encourage you to become a giver? Learning how to not be tied to things comes through giving. Learning how to give makes it easier for us to receive. There's something we lose track of. Sometimes when we're always on the receiving end or always on the holding end, we don't give out. And somehow that giving ability makes it easier when our need comes around that we can have a receptive heart. Next, I'd really encourage you to start having a thought about how can you improve gratefulness. Now think of it this way. How about you start to plant a garden of gratefulness? It's something that you've got to plant a row every day, you've got to cultivate it every day, you've got to think of something every morning, think of something each night. And just like the squirrel who's preparing for winter by gathering nuts in the tree, your garden of gratefulness is going to come back to be useful when you need it. You know, preparing for life seasons comes by putting things away, learning before we need it, doing the preparation work, and gratefulness is definitely one for preparation. And finally, in this week's episode on stolen dreams, I'd really encourage you to move from gratefulness to having a prepared state of mind that you're not going to be bitter, and that has to start in the small things. Would you believe that learning relationships will see us through those times? Relationships will be more important than situations that have to deal with health, homes, possessions, workplaces, It's when we've got those strong relationships that we can depend on that we get through. Bitterness will hold us back from rebuilding. Bitterness will stop us from seeing hope. And bitterness is an example we don't want to pass on to the next generation. I hope this has been helpful to you. We encourage you to come to the Reset 42 page or our group on Facebook. Join us and tell us your story. We hope that we're going to have more lessons to learn from the interviews in coming weeks. And remember that next week, we're going to be having a look at stored momentum. What happens when we run out of puff? I love the idea that we can reset life without losing all that we've gained. Think you'll come back for more? 
make sure you subscribe to Reset 42 on your fave podcast platform. Leave a loving review my mother would smile at you for. Our show notes aren't hidden down the back of the couch. You can find them at www.andrewpitchford.com forward slash Reset 42.